Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Wednesday, July 29th, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Once again, subbing in for Dave Biddle. He is vacating somewhere. We are thrilled to welcome in Patrick Murphy to the show. Pat, how's it going? It's good. It's good. How you doing? I'm doing well, Pat. We were doing a little pregame here, and I'm, I'm getting a little bit more optimistic. I actually think yesterday's announcement from Ohio State about stadium capacity is a positive sign. Please let the people know what was actually a major announcement. Yeah, the big news and, and what grabbed the headlines was that Ohio State will have no more than, than 20% capacity at the Horseshoe this fall. Um, what, what that means really is that assuming they have fans, they're, they're going to be very careful about the social distancing. They're going to require masks. They're not going to allow tailgating. There's not going to be the, the normal pregame traditions and whatnot. But we knew that anyway, right? Unless, unless something miraculous happened between when this all started and the start of the season, it was going to be limited somehow. Gene Smith has talked about that. They just weren't sure what the number was. Um, now, what this also gave us was, um, you know, a, a number we can kind of work with. So 20% of, of the stadium is just under 21,000 fans, which seems like nothing if you've been to a sold out game there. But at least that's pointing towards the intention of not only playing football, but some people being able to watch it in person. And they're going to have the option for people who have already purchased tickets um, I believe they've, they've had just under 45,000 people already put money down. Uh, so those people will be able to refund if they, they don't want to. The season tickets are going to be limited. You know, so if you've, I think the email said, if you've purchased between one and 10 season tickets uh, for your package, you'll be able to retain a maximum of those, uh, two of those. And, and so forth, that number goes up as, the more you purchased. Um, but it won't affect your, your standing I've never been a season ticket folder for Ohio State, but the longer you have season tickets, my understanding is the better your seats are and, and things like that. So it won't affect your standing if you back out. So Ohio State's doing what they can to, uh, to make it easy for people. But like you said, I think it's a positive sign. I think it, it means that they are doing everything they can to have not only a football season, but do it safe and allow people to be there. So you know, the, the optimism in me has, has continued to grow when I saw this come out. I do think they're going to do everything in their power to play. And I think what we're learning now is something is going to have to happen to stop them from playing. Given that Michigan State quarantine and intends to come back, got the real life examples of the Marlins going down and the league carrying on. I think that's a good sign. So I'm now to the point where I just want football. It's nice that fans get to go to the games. If they said it was just football, I would take it. So how do you think the schedule will work out? We know they're going to go to a conference-only deal. There's rumors about nine games and, a, and some playoffs. There's movement of the schedule weeks-wise. What do you think would be the ideal approach? I think there's two ways to look at it. I think one is, is trying to optimize revenue, which would be getting some more big games on TV so you get more eyeballs on those. I think the more realistic approach is – sticking with the the conference schedule as is for the most part and, and maybe adding a 10th game in there um which i think you know is a, a nice round number and and gene smith told us that that was the number that the athletic directors were hoping for was was 10 games um and and then you know that way you can you can still do you know your division games which are all generally in close proximity and those obviously are supposed to mean more for for the standings 
Um, and, you know, every team can add in a, an extra game that, that maybe they don't have to travel as far for, you know, Ohio State could, could add a Purdue or someone like that to the schedule. Now, that's not an exciting game. When I wrote uh, just a, a projection of what the schedule could be like, I added Wisconsin just for fun. That would be a game that, that Ohio State fans, Wisconsin fans, even the national audience would get excited about because those are, are two marquee Big Ten games and, and they weren't scheduled to play this year um, unless they meet in the Big Ten championship. So to me, that, that seems to make the most sense. Let's play 10 games, add in another game for each team. You've already got nine space them out a little bit. So you have those, those extra bye weeks Gene Smith was really big on flexibility. So if one team has an outbreak, you can, you can postpone the game. The bye weeks are there to allow you to reschedule those games. Hopefully you get in as many as possible, but this season is, is going to be different. We know that. And teams are going to have to be able to adjust on the fly. We've seen that in, in sports as they've started to come back. You know, even even the NBA, which hasn't even started yet, has had players that have had to leave their bubble. And, you know, so they may miss the start of this this season. Some teams aren't even playing in it because they they didn't qualify for the bubble. It's 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 just it's not going to be normal. It's not going to be easy. But if we can get football, if they can do it safely, um, I think everyone will take that over the idea of having a season canceled or even moved to the spring. And the Big Ten seems to have a good idea. Now, the big question is when we're going to find out. Bill Kerlick and I both reported last week that we'd heard um, that the schedule was, was coming, that Ohio State was planning to start on September 5th, which was the same date they were originally supposed to play Bowling Green. Obviously, it wouldn't be against Bowling Green. Um, I haven't heard any update on that yet. So my, my understanding is that, that that could be coming soon, as, as soon as maybe even the end of this week. But, you know, they're, they're going to take their time, I think, to make sure they get this right and they don't have to readjust unless something crazy happens. Okay, try and follow me here as I get way too far ahead of myself. My hope right. is that the 10th game or the added opponent is either Minnesota or Wisconsin because I think they'll be the highest ranked because I think there's a decent chance that the season is conference only and then at the end we are voting on the national champion and you want to be undefeated and have the toughest strength of schedule possible. We're going to take a quick break, come back, talk defensive line. We are back. Pat, you had a story go up just the other day about Ohio State's defensive line. We discussed before the show that defensive line recruiting just got a tad more convincing with Joey Bosa becoming one of the wealthiest people in California overnight. We congratulate Bosa and the family. I wonder what it's like to know one kid has a $100 million contract and that the other one is going to get a $100 million contract. I imagine that's a decent feeling for Team Bosa. But we digress. How are they going to replace Chase Young? What is the approach? Do they have the personnel to do it? You did a deep dive. What would you figure out? They absolutely do. And part of that is, is the recruiting you mentioned. But the other part of it is, is Larry Johnson, who continues to develop these highly recruited players, the Bosa's, Chase Young. Those, those three are the first that come to mind. But they've been replacing talented defensive ends, Tyquan Lewis, Sam Hubbard, Jalen Holmes. The list goes on and on. They've been doing it for years, even before Larry Johnson was here. Um, a defensive end, I think it's going to be much more of a committee approach. I really like Jonathan Cooper. I think the fact that he's back, you know, maybe he doesn't put up the huge numbers, but that leadership um, that he brings, the experience, he's played in big games, can lead kind of that young group of defensive ends that, that doesn't have the, the experience or the obvious ability that Chase Young had. Obviously, Zach Harrison is, is the five-star 
freak athlete um, that, that we've seen in the past. He played a lot last year and more than anyone expected, I think, due to the injury to Cooper. And that's a big bonus for Ohio State coming in this year. He's a guy who, who has the potential to be that next major high draft pick defensive end. But he's got names like Javante Jean-Baptiste, Tyreek Smith, Tyler Friday. Um, they can all rotate in there. And Larry Johnson loves to have that rotation at defensive end. Even a, a name like Baron Browning, who I didn't mention in, in the story, but he's a guy who we saw the very short bits of spring practice we got to see lining up on, on the edge of the line. And, you know, we're going to see him in pass rush, pass rush situations, I believe this year. So he's going to help in that, um, you know, and, and if you want to go deeper, you can even go down to, to guys like Noah Potter, um, Cremonte Hamilton. I mean, they, they've got a lot of guys that could step in if needed. I think those, those front four or five guys, Harrison Cooper, Smith, Friday, Jean Baptiste are going to be your key rotation to replace chase. But, uh, you know, Larry Johnson's going to play the guys that, that produce. And we, we saw Zach Harrison do it last year. We've seen bits and pieces from the other guys. It's just about consistency and, you know, showing that, that you deserve the job and, and whatnot. Um, so it'll be a committee approach. I, I can't see anyone putting up anywhere near the numbers that Chase did last year, but that they're going to have talent and they're going to be just fine at defensive end. I totally agree with that. To me, Jean-Baptiste and Smith are the two to watch. Either one stays completely healthy and puts together a great year. They could be on the Damon Arnett train to riches. We appreciate Pat stopping by. We'll be back tomorrow with Steve Wolfong. Have a good one, Bucknutters.